Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 32 in Edmonton just before we uh, bring George LaRock in. I asked uh, before 1 o'clock today if anybody can recall the name of the uh, the athlete who broke uh, their legs skiing in the 1960s, and that changed uh, what some athletes were able to do in the offseason. And Jim took the time to uh, send it to my global account. Uh, Jim had Jim Longberg from the uh, Boston Red Sox, who was starting pitcher, broke his leg skiing. And then, and then we went ahead and did our Greta trivia. The question was... Uh, Vander Kane, part of the 2000. Now, we were talking a bit about uh, Jake Paul, Vander Kane. Logan Paul, Jake Paul, one of the Pauls, and Vander Kane. And Vander Kane, part of the 2009 draft, and a good pick at number four overall. First seven picks in that draft, all guys, you know, top six forwards, top four NHL defensemen. Um, but the guy who went number eight only played one game in the NHL. He was drafted by the Dallas Stars. Brendan Escott, who are we talking about? We're talking about Scott Glennie, which is one of the ones from that sort of dead era in the Canadian World Junior team right after they went on that five-in-a-row run. I can remember Glennie being one of those disappointing members of that team. Uh, and congratulations to Kyle uh, Kyle C., who knew the answer to that. Good work uh, on that front. Brendan, if you could do me a favor, could you pull up, uh, because you were getting the information during the break uh, for a winner, could you pull up Berkey's comments about about uh, uh, labor law and what the labor law means. <laughs> uh, uh, not on the spot right now. Not, not on the spot. Okay, well, we'll have it for you tomorrow. Because our next guest, George LaRock, uh, is, as many know, an Edmonton sporting icon, member of uh, uh, the Oilers for a number of years, and is now Montreal-based radio host. Of course, he's also a former member of the NHLPA. And Big George joins us right now in the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline. Hi, George. How are you? Awesome, Bob. How's everything? Good. Basically, uh, Brian Burke said the NHL has a forced uh, majeure clause, which would allow them theoretically to shut down the league. He's saying there is... He said, Bob, I'm not sure how this is going to work because if the players are in a true 50-50 partnership, they're going to be owing the owners hundreds of millions of dollars even if the players took uh, the most recent negotiation to heart with Gary Bettman. And I said, well, you know, there was an agent out there that said, you know, this wouldn't pass the smell test for labor law. And Brian Burke's response was, labor law, my ass. This is about reality. 
Uh, so on that note, George, uh, in in the CBA, it is a 50-50 arrangement, and we know that the teams are going to be down at least 50%, and I would probably say uh, closer to 60% of the money. Uh, the players in the league are partners in this. How do you see this current situation between the NHL and the NHLPA, George? Okay, so to start, when they negotiated a deal in February to extend the CBA, uh, Everybody, it was in everyone's understanding that the season was going to start back in November this year, a full season with fans. Nobody knew that things was going to get this bad. So when the deal was done, the escrow was stopped at 20%. So the guys were pretty happy with it. It was stopped at 20% because of the crisis and everything that is going on. Right. So now with everything that is going on, the guys are like, uh, We've signed a deal. We want them to honor it. But the problem, and, you know, I, usually I always side with the players, but now I understand the reality of what's going on with the owners. The players, first of all, there's a couple of things they have to realize. I know this crisis, uh, it, it, it's, it's bad for everyone. There's many people that are listening to us that lost their job. They, had to, had to, they got takeouts at home. Uh, they're waiting for stimulus check to live. Everybody is having it rough. It is going to be the same for athletes. The thing with hockey is that if you look at the NFL or even the NBA, the TV rights is giving a lot of money to the team so they could pay the payroll. But in hockey, the TV rights is only about $18 million per team. That's clearly not enough. How does the team is going to be able to survive without having fans? How are you going to be able to pay for everything? They can't. It's impossible. And I don't see any owners coming into a season with no fans that's going to have to pay all the salary out of their pocket. So there's many owners that are already talking to the league that are saying that they, would, they don't want a season because they can't afford it. So while you're having the PA that is fighting because the guys, they don't want any more concession, you get some teams that don't want to have a season and some teams that are even in danger of operating. Because there's many teams, Bob, right now in the NHL, that will benefit if the season is canceled way more than if there's a season because they're going to give money on profit that they don't have. And that's the biggest problem. And that's why, so when we heard Yasmin that was talking yesterday about this labor and everything that is going on, the thing that people have to understand is that owners are telling Batman to shut down this year. So if guys, the players are thinking that they're negotiating and, and, you know, and, and they think that they have their side, Players have to understand that in a 50-50 partnership, what happens is that if the league is losing too much money, well, the guys are going to lose money too. So you can't pay guys up front because if you do and the league is losing money because it's a 50-50 sharing revenue thing, what are you going to do? You're going to ask the guy, give me back 100 or 200 grand of your salary because we give you too much? That's why they're asking for another 20% on top of the 20% escrow to make sure that with the revenue they're going to lose, they're, gonna, you know, they're not going to give too much right now. But the guys, they don't want that because they say, we have a deal that is signed. So Brian Burke is right when he says that, when he says, you know, deal or whatever my ass. Because at the end of the day, if teams can't survive, if teams are folding, you think about the amount of job that will be lost, how much it's going to cost for players. And there's many guys that can afford to lose a full salary of a season. Because I'm pretty sure if we do a vote, even though the guys will lose a lot this year, the merger is still going to want to play. And that's why, like, I don't think the season will start in January 1st. I think it'll be in February. But it's going to have to be a lot of concession 
uh, from the players uh, for this to be accepted because, you know what, the owners could afford to lose an NHL season, but not the players, especially not in this era with everything that is going on and with the uncertainty of next year. So that's one when I look at all that. I understand the players. I understand their side. But at the same time, they have to realize the reality that we're in right now. And I know it's tough for everyone. George, this is a completely different situation, isn't it, than the labor stoppage that occurred in 0405? Yeah. This, this, you know, I, yeah how, by the way, how much money did you – what were you making at that time? Like half a million? I'm just off the top of your head. Do you recall how much oh, you lost? Oh, lost? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, four. I lost about, it was with uh, the escorts coming in and they cut down a lot. I probably lost about three, four hundred in okay. four. Uh, no, no, you mean, oh, you mean the, the full season, you mean? Yeah, you didn't, you did not, you did, you did oh, not, yeah, yeah, yeah you didn't, you didn't play that full year. And I thought, I'm, I'm just thinking you were making around. No, no, it was more than that. No, no, it was about a million. I lost a million in that year. I thought, yeah, I thought you were talking about, I thought you talking about the first year that they did the escrow, how much oh, okay. I lost. Yeah, that was yeah, the 04, uh, yeah, 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 you're right. But the 04 full stoppage, yeah, I lost about a million. And there's many guys like me uh, that didn't agree on a stoppage. But the thing is, it was just crazy. But we couldn't talk because we have to show the league that we were unified. But I don't know if you remember yeah. uh, uh, Ribeiro, Dashnet, there's a couple of guys that were spoken that said that it wasn't fair that they wanted to play. And then they got ripped by the guys in the league because we were supposed to show that we were unified. So what happened is that because there's so many guys, we were so divided that the league knew that the guys were going to break. We did. And then they got the salary cap. That's what happened. And and for this time, but the thing is, that was totally different. Because bingo. We're about bingo. Revenue, bingo. You know, bingo. Yeah. You're right. Right, You're now, right. right now, right now, we're in a crisis. So there's no... The owners can negotiate on something that they don't have. They can't invent. They can't grow money. They can't. They don't have anything. There's no revenue. They're losing money right now. There's no merchandise. There's no fans. You know, the, like all the beers, the food that you're selling, and the stand, the, the the jersey that you're selling. There's none of that stuff. And people that are stuck at home. There's many people that that that, that can't even afford cable now anymore to even watch hockey. So when you're hearing millionaires and I understand the common people that are listening to this millionaire whining about the fact that they want their piece of the cake well right now everybody has to take has to take sacrifice right like normal people do so is athletes have to do it too and you saw it in baseball what happened in baseball the baseball they actually canceled the season the, the PA in baseball never thought that the league was going to do that when they saw that they did that they realized they were canceling it they went back and they agreed with the owners. That's what happened in baseball. So in hockey right now, while they're not talking and now maybe guys are thinking that the owners are bluffing, the minute that the NHL will just say, you know what, we'll give you an ultimatum to cancel the season, that's when I think that, you know, when they go, go, they're going to go to the guys that already lost a lot, they're going to accept whatever concession they're going to have to do just to be able to make some money this year at least, which is better than nothing, and then we'll see a season in February. George, I, I had this, somebody, uh, an executive sent something to me last night, not from the Oilers, by the way, just to establish, but a guy in the league that I know, and he's like, did you see baseball? 60 players did not get their uh, tenders for, like, guys are getting, everybody's being way more financially prudent. It's going to be tough out there for the next several years, isn't it, as a result you know, of the pandemic? You know, you know, another thing that, that I really, uh, that I feel really bad was going to happen to the guys, 
There's so many guys that are not playing right now, and there's so many guys that are going to lose the, their job. They won't get a contract in the NHL this year. But on top of that, next year, let's be hopeful. Okay, let's say next season in October, we have a full season, everything is back to normal. Okay? Yep. What's going to happen now with owners that lost so much? You know, like, there's going to be so many owners, they're going to change their policy, and they're going to they're gonna spend the minimum they have to spend for the cap. They won't yeah. care anymore to spend the highest amount of money they can to win. They're going to cut their loss. They're going to be like, you know what? We've lost too much, and they're going to cut down the big payroll. They're going to try to wow. get rid of players, get rid of contracts. There's going to be more rookies in the league, more guys that you want to fill in your because you want to you want to fill in your roster and you don't want to have big big contract. You're not going to see that anymore. You know, look, look at Taylor Hall. He signed a one-year contract with the Sabers. You're not going to see any big contract like McDavid and some of the other guys has done before the pandemic because I don't see teams doing it for the next future. It's going to take many years for hockey to recover from it. And all the big, all the guys in the NHL, they're going to pay for it because that's the way it is. It's going to take time. And then I understand the owners because at the end of the day, this is a business. A lot of the owners, we have, what we have to understand is hockey for them is like something they have for fun. Hockey for them is something that is like a write-off for the big companies that they have already. Because, you know, hockey doesn't generate enough money for an owner to think that if I buy a hockey team, I'm going to make tons of money out of it. A lot of them, it's a side business that they have of the business that are already making a lot of money. But if that business is killing them more than it already was, because a lot of owners, they just love it and they do it for fun. But, you know, if you're losing too much, you're just going to fold it. And folding it means you're not going to have a winning team. You're going to waste the minimum that you can. Fans, you know, they're not going to have the best team. They just have a young team with, with you know, with guys that don't make that much. And at the end of the day, that's it. That's what owners are going to have to do to survive, just to have a team. So, you know, how many teams are going to be for sale after this? How many teams are going to be moved after this? You know, there's already a market that was affected before the COVID. You look at Florida that didn't have anybody in the stand. Arizona. Yeah, Arizona that is dying every year. What is it going to be in next year, in October? You know, like, are they still going to have a team? Are they still going to want to have a team? Is the government... Like, the government, they're not going to be able to inject in a hockey team if there's people that are suffering and that are, that, that, that are hungry and they need food, right? So that's why there's so many uncertainties for next year. That Man, there's so many. That's why, you know, the guys really have to understand the reality and they have to just cross the finger there's going to be a season and they have to be thankful to God. If the owner, because if there's a season, that means the owner are willing to make a sacrifice because there's no money coming in for them to be able to honor the salary. Yeah. George, I'm going to ask you a couple quick hitters here. George LaRock, Edmonton Sporting Icon, joining us in Oilers now on a River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline. Bob Stoffer with you. George, uh, Matt Duchesne, he signed a deal eight years or seven years at $8 million a year. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a free agent at the end of uh, the 21 season, okay? Do you think, number one, do you think if the Nashville Predators put Matt Duchesne on waivers, any team in the league would pick him up? Nobody would take him. No, nobody, nobody would, take, would him. take him. No, nobody would take him. Uh, his reputation that he has, the reputation that he has, is a reputation of being a cancer player. And, you know, obviously the year that he did is, is way, it's a sub-year from what he's making and stuff. And, uh, you know, it, it's not good. I think when he left Colorado and Colorado became a better team, it shows you, like the impact that guy that guy has on the team in the dressing room. So 
uh, that contract is way too big for what you're getting in return, so I don't okay. think nobody would take him. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, very popular player here in Edmonton. You just talked about the fact that Taylor Hall only got a one-year deal. Taylor Hall's a free agent. Taylor Hall's won an MVP. He's been an all-star winger in his career. What is Ryan Nugent Hopkins, in your opinion? He made six. He's got, This is his final year this year at $6 million on a seven-year contract. Uh, he's had back-to-back 60-point seasons where he's played part of the seasons with McDavid and uh, Dreisaitl. He's been terrific on the power play. He's a good penalty killer. He's a great team guy. What is he worth, in your opinion, on a long-term deal? What's the max you would pay him? Seven years. What, what would the, the max, uh, given the way we're at with the, uh, in the new economy of the league, what, what would be the maximum you would pay him? Well, if you, okay, so I wouldn't compare him with Duchesne in terms of attitude because he's more of a gamer and, and yeah. he's a good guy in Edmonton. And if I was him, I'd want to stay in Edmonton because just the fact that you could play with McDavid and Dreisaitl, it, 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 it is going to help him put a point because elsewhere, if he goes elsewhere, he's going to have to be the go-to guy and there's going to be way more pressure on him. But if he stays in Edmonton, the pressure is on McDavid and Dreisaitl. So it takes pressure off him. He plays his game. He doesn't have to, to average a point a game. But, you know, you expect him to have a 60-point season average, you know, and that's okay. He could do that. So with the crisis and the pandemic and everything that is going on, knowing that there's already Dreisaitl McDavid that has signed huge amount of contract, no, like like huge deal, knowing that the Oilers need to also add add in to this team to be better, you know, you need some room. So I would hope that he would accept to stay for the same amount of money, $6 million a year. That's the max that I would give to him. $6 million a year, and I said, you know, with the crisis, with everything that is going on, you know, and you know we want to add into that, the, the best we could do, I would give him $6 million a year. Because... You know, if he does 50 points a year playing with McDavid and Dreisaitl, I think if he go elsewhere, he would not produce as much. He's fast. He's a good player. He is. But I think another team, Bob, I don't think he would put out that production. He's in the best scenarios he could be in Edmonton. He's loved. He's appreciated in the city. And he's playing with unbelievable centers. So I would try to get him to accept like a six, six years, $36 million deal. Okay. George, we're running up against the clock here. Thanks for your time. Love the energy, my man. Thanks, brother. Anytime. All right. That is George LaRock, Edmonton sporting icon. 149 in Edmonton. We'll get to this day in Oilers history when we return on Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brennan Escott with you. Brian Holland Cav says this to say in the Ashley Five Floors text line. Says, Bob, hey, is it possible that some teams could take a leave of absence for a year and leave teams that uh, can play to uh, make ends meet? Uh, no, it's an all or nothing proposition. All 31 teams. I would, you know what? <laughs> I mean, these situations are fluid, but I'm pretty sure they'd have to have all 31 teams playing. Uh, I mean, there you have a former player saying the player's got to come to terms with reality that this is, we're dealing with something completely different. Alan Walsh is all over Twitter. A deal's a deal. We got to stick to it. You know, I mean, hey, I, I know that there's a lot of you in private sector jobs right now that have had, and then some of you in public sector jobs that are, have either lost your positions or had your salary significantly reduced. It's just a bright product of the situation that we're all living in right now. 
Uh, do you want to tell you the best pizza in the city is still making a great Royal Pizza, multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you. Royal Pizza is Edmonton-owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza offers curbside pickup and takeout options for a menu and a list of 13 Edmonton and area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stoffer recommendation at Royal Pizza's Mediterranean Chicken, Brendan Escott's recommendation is the Texan. You lost Will Fuller for six games there, Brendan. Doesn't get any easier for the Texans as we go to list day in Oilers history. We might have lost him for longer than that, Bob. He's on an expiring contract, too. I'm worried. Oh, oh really? I'm worried. So, oh, yeah. So, now, what did he get busted for? <laughs> P- I don't know the specific performance-enhancing drug, but it was PEDs. Yeah. Which might explain the big season he was having. I'm not sure. Anyway, this day in 1985, the Oilers scored five goals in the third period alone to beat the Kings 8-4. to Yari Curry with two goals to uh, help keep the Oilers at first place in the Smythe Division standings. Do you know what, Brendan? I was looking at uh, the numbers in that game earlier today because, as you know, I on Twitter, uh, depending upon the day, we'll put out a, you know, 30 years ago today, 35 years ago, two years ago, whatever. Wayne Gretzky only had one point in that game 16 of the Oilers 18 skaters in that game uh, had points one of the guys that didn't was Dave Semenko and the other was Glenn Anderson not sure (laughs) how many times did that happen that Edmonton scores eight goals and Glenn Anderson who in my opinion might have been the most uh, him and Curry probably in a tie for most underrated Oiler of the 80s given how good they really were relative to the time and place Uh, Friday's show we wrap up the week we're going to be busy for the River Creek Resort Casino Elliot Freeman for the horses and horse racing Alberta presenting live standard bread racing Saturday and Sunday at Century Mile Mark Spector you can watch and wager online with HBI Bet Tom, uh, bet.com for horse racing Alberta, caring for our horses and contributing to our economy. Jack Michaels, uh, I think his team's 8 3 right now. He's got to be pretty excited. The Cleveland Browns, uh, he will join us as well. We'll hit on a multitude of topics. Reed Wilkins has Inside Sports. I'm going to be one of its guests. Do you know what else he's got shaking, Brendan? You betcha. 14-year NHL player and host of the Unfiltered Podcast, Matthew Barnaby. You have a Golden Bear uh, head coach, Chris Morris, on the uh, E 50-50 raffle on Saturday. That's in support of amateur football here in Northern Alberta. Did you ever see the video of when, I think it was Garth Snow was with the Flyers and he was, Barnaby had taken a, a shot for Lynette and uh, he was down and the trainer came out to look at him and then uh, uh, Snow went and jabbed a stick into Barnaby's ribs and Barnaby got up and just started pow- pounding him. It was really funny. Led to a full-scale brawl. We will have uh, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell in 6.32 afternoons of Jalen Nye. Today, uh, guests will include Municipal Affairs Deputy Minister General Paul Winnick. In terms of uh, how the task force will be handling and executing Alberta's vaccine distribution, that will be coming up today on 6.30 Chet Afternoons. Have a terrific Thursday, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.